With the sleekness of a jungle beast, the Prince of Wakanda stalks both the concrete of the city and the undergrowth of the veldt. For when danger lurks, he dons the garb of the savage cat from which he gains his name, the Black Panther. Wait. What's a veldt? Yeah, it's like a um, forest. Oh. Like a jungly forest. Oh, okay. Something to say. Black Panther. Black Panther, everybody. Yeah, that's a that's a movie we just went and saw yeah, Thursday night. Yeah, I was reading the 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 heading for uh, from the old uh, Marvel comics um, that Jack Kirby uh, did. The first the first that have Black Panther in the title. Um, this is from 1976. By the way, one. he is uh, actually looking at a Black Panther comic. Yeah. That, uh, these are physical comics. The first three. I well the, yeah these are the first three under the Black Panther you know the Black Panther title, um, not the first appearance of Black Panther that was in uh, Fantastic Four I think fifty two and fifty three I think I was reading about that wow that early nineteen sixty six oh fifty two uh, the issue I was yeah, like what fifty two the issue number fifty two but in nineteen sixty six they uh, uh, they introduced Black Panther in uh, some issues of the Fantastic Four he later went to go join the Avengers but. Yeah, uh, created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, like pretty much everything in Marvel. <laughs> but how did you a, come into possession of the first uh, three Black Panther? Comics? This is when when I was uh, like in elementary school. A friend of mine, we were he introduced me to the Black Panther comic book. These are the only three I own, uh, but I'd never heard of him before. But he traded me, and I was like, "Ooh, Black Panther!" Uh, I knew nothing about the character, but he traded me the first three. Uh, issues and they're in eh, very good quality for <laughs> I don't even remember what I traded to him now but I thought ooh I got issues one two and three that's pretty good right they were they have not been worth much they weren't <laughs> worth much but I, I liked having something that was you know the first issue of a comic book superhero so that was my introduction to Black Panther and I've held on to them ever since yeah retailed for 30 cents according to the, the cover here back which in is the fun. day yeah what's fun about reading these issues is that uh uh this is kirby's attempt to probably make black panther a more mainstream superhero um he had you know it's not the best work written about black panther i'm sure and what's fun is that they uh in epi- in the third issue they they post some of the letters from fans uh, several of which voiced their concern about the direction <laughs> Jack Kirby was taking Black Panther because Black Panther, previous to that, had uh, in, in a series just prior, had uh, had taken on more issues of race, of um, uh, uh, you know he there was an entire story arc where he fought with the Klan, and that series was canceled mid-story uh, and would be finished in Black Panther, but. There's there's a bit of a yeah a bit of con- it was controversial back in 1976 so you can imagine it would be controversial now too I guess <laughs> yeah 40 absolutely some odd years later but anyway yeah the Black Panther he uh I mean if we want to talk about it I it, uh he was created by by Stanley and Jack Kirby the the character but then Kirby left Marvel in uh, 1970 and went to DC so Stan Lee was writing all the titles at the time he became the publisher and they started hiring writers and so this proofreader 
a part-time writer named Don McGregor came and they assigned him to uh, to oversee their 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 um, jungle action comic series. Jungle action. Jungle action. Yeah, it was a reprint of fifties jungle stories. Oh which... yeah, I've seen a lot of those kinds of comics. My uncle used to send me yeah. stuff like that, so I think I have you know a handful of those. They kinds were all you know white men, white women, you know in Africa, either helping Africans or fighting Africans. Right. And McGregor hated it. He <laughs> hated the idea that there were these, is that, you know, this day, even, you know, this is in 1972. Uh, he didn't like the idea that they were, you know, these were very outdated stories and there were no African uh, heroes. Mm. So they allowed him to start to create, you know, to start writing original material in Jungle Action. So uh, I guess 17 pages an issue he was writing, they signed him to Black Panther, which he wasn't even thinking about that character, but said, well, why don't you write stories about Black Panther? So he did. Um, and uh, from like 73 to 76, um, uh, he wrote uh, Black Panther um, and gave him a huge storyline, created, gave him a, a villain, an, an African villain, which is Killmonger, mm-hmm. the same character that uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan plays in the movie. Right. And and he wrote, I mean, he they said the only thing you have to do is the stories have to take place in Africa. So he, it took place in Wakanda, and it was the Black Panther returning and fighting this foe. But it's also regarded as the first Marvel graphic novel because he did a multi-issue story arc, which before they used to do self-contained huh. story arcs. So 17 pages an issue, he wrote this story arc of the Black Panther, the first being uh, Panther's Rage, which is um yeah regarded as the first graphic novel wow i had no idea that's really interesting yeah so the very first uh, years before some of the others that we know of from like dark knight or mm-hmm. or the watchman uh, yeah 1973 uh don mcgregor was doing uh the black panther as a multi-issue story arc which people say was very well written very tightly written i'd love to read it someday i haven't been able to but um as far as having a you know black panther is the first uh uh, superhero of African descent with superpowers right. is created in '66, predating even the, I mean, even the name of the Black Panther Party. <laughs> That's which is bonkers. Which is unique, yeah. Yeah. You just kind of assume, and that's one of the things, you know, people often kind of criticize about Black Panther being uh, named with this party. Yeah, um, I, I always, I assume that they were, that he was named after the party. Yeah. That's not the case. Yeah. He was named in 66 before the formation of the party and that was that actually came up in 72 um they uh, had him do a cameo in fantastic four and they tried briefly because they wanted to distance distance, distance themselves from the party they tried to change his name to black leopard but <laughs> but it didn't stick is there even such thing as a black, black leopard. leopard yeah I don't know. That's it's maybe the, the people knew that they were trying to. Yeah, I feel like that's just like avoid. a little too obvious. Well, well, that you know his his first uh, story arc was called Panther's Rage, but the second story arc, which McGregor never got to chain, not to finish, he because um, uh, it was in uh, Jungle Action. It was called Panther versus the Clan, <laughs> which it was about. So he really he leaned into the connection. There. Very much. Basically, yeah. like okay, we have this character called Black Panther. Yeah. There's also a Black Panther Party. There's racism in the U.S. Oh, yeah. uh, let's just let's just double down and go all in on this. And as you can imagine, I mean, it was very it was uh, it was popular with college students, but didn't sell well 
mm. overall. So Jungle Action was canceled in 76, mid uh, Panther vs. the Clan storyline. Uh, and then Jack Kirby, he had come back to Marvel at that time, and so they, they had him take over um, creating a new series called Black Panther, which is the first Black Panther titled comic book series. And these are the three episodes I have, uh, three issues I have that from that series that Kirby took over, which would only run, he would only stay with it for 12 episodes, he, uh, 12 issues he didn't enjoy <laughs> being given a character he'd already worked with, so he left. But in the series, ended up only going 15 issues. Hmm. So it only went for two years, about there, roughly over a year. Over a year. But, um, uh, yeah, one writer, let me see, I love this, I love this, because you can look at the old comics, and when you read the uh, letters to the editor. I like that you're trying to show the comic to the microphone. Well, you right can now. hear it. They, uh, I love this because they post people's names and their addresses. This is 76, <laughs> folks. And... Um, See, yeah, you could. It's basically they're doxing their their readers right here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you couldn't could, do I, this now. If someone geez. criticized uh, the comic book, there would be like people swatting their houses. Yeah. Janice e. Hollingsworth from Bellingham, Washington. It, it has her address. I won't say it here. Well, she probably doesn't she, live there anymore. Well, she wrote. <laughs> she she said um, after the Panthers' rage and the Panther versus the Clan, there was only one word to describe King Solomon's frog, which is the uh, title of. Uh, the story arc uh, from Jack Kirby's um, comic, obscene. That's the word that Jana uses to describe it. And they printed it. They printed her her dislike of uh, the direction Kirby was taking Black Panther. And this is, yeah, after only reading comic one. Um, they would, uh, under different writers, Sorry. bless you, they would finish the clan storyline, though probably not the way it was originally meant. And McGregor says that he does have the... Uh, the storyboards from the unpublished um, oh, really? Panther Birds of the Clan. Yeah, he still has. But he's never put them out. No, they're just storyboards. But yeah, he's never printed them. They were ready to go. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So. so do we know how that would have ended? Like, has he released anything anywhere uh, that we could actually see where this know. is going? Or? I don't know. If, maybe we'll, we'll we'll, maybe, maybe it'll come out in Black Panther 2. Panther versus the clan. <laughs> or Panther versus the alt right, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, the alt right. Yeah, I thought you were going to say electric boogaloo. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> Black Panther 2, uh, uh, the new breed. Uh, well, okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway, so that's, the, that's the comic. Uh, yeah. That's the origin of Black Panther. It's um, it's interesting. Yeah, I've learned some things about this. I had no idea. I had no yeah, idea. I love that you had those. It was I was skeptical when you were like, "Oh, maybe I maybe I have some those early Black yeah. Panther issues," and just went to the closet, and there they were. There they are. Um, yep. But yep. so uh, even without any of this background, though, though uh, I don't think you needed it to go no. see the movie. No, the no. Movie is enjoyable on its own. Um, doesn't even uh, to me. I don't know if you felt the same way, but I honestly didn't even feel like it was like a Marvel movie to me. It felt outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like you could just kind of watch it on its own. There were a couple characters here and there that crossed over, but it really stands up on its own. It's like an origin. Uh, I mean, it helps that they. I think. I mean, like any character these days, it helps that they kind of stack the deck a bit and have him be a. Sp- a special guest in, well, have him show up in the yeah. Avengers film or, yeah. or Captain, Civil War. Cap, Captain America, yeah. yeah, and kind of introduce you to a character. Right. Um, but yeah, having his, uh, yeah, having his story, to, I mean, with a with a few, yeah, they, you know, yeah, I think it could stand alone. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I and I absolutely loved it. I think this kind of shot to the top of my MCU ranking, just sitting there watching it. And part of that, you know, is just kind of getting to see a character like this in a cast like yeah. this that we've never seen before. Um, to have, as someone said, it was like eighty or ninety percent black cast in it. Um, do we like that's very African, yes. which is really cool. Um, you know, I studied abroad in South Africa. A lot of stuff in there I recognized. In fact, I was just saying earlier mm-hmm. that um, at, like part way through it, you know, I was like, oh, they must have like a Wakandan language or something. And uh, and then one of the characters said Nkosi, which <laughs> means uh, thank you in Kosa. Uh, it's one of the few things that I remember in Kosa, uh, which also I'm not even saying it right because I can't click. It's a clicking language. Oh. I can't do it. <laughs> I tried as hard as I could because I love learning languages, but my mouth doesn't want to do that. But all that to say that, like, there's these things that are just very recognizable from being in Africa. Uh, it was really, to me, I thought it was moving to see that kind of representation, to see that on screen. You know, so I, I just feel like I spent a lot of my life being, like, kind of ashamed of blackness because I grew up in such white areas, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then seeing all of that on screen, really celebrating and, and again, leaning into uh, the blackness and the Africanness and everything was something that I didn't know was possible yeah. in a lot of ways. It was really yeah. cool. And, uh, and even currently, uh, a lot of African, African nations are usually referred to as third world countries mm-hmm. at best. Right. Uh, sometimes... They're described as other types of countries. Yeah. Sometimes political figures may use words to describe them that are uh, Good Lord. profane. Having so having a having this story or showing us a Wakanda that is technologically advanced beyond our own our own world is uh, is unprecedented. Yeah. And also what I love about that too is that uh, when you look at the architecture of Wakanda yeah. it's um, obviously technologically advanced but that they still use a lot of the architectural style of Africa yeah. including you know kind of like huts essentially you know yes. these kind of thatched roof type things on there and so and they incorporate that. them I think yeah, and they incorporate um, tradition and it's, yeah. this is not a, a technology that builds off of any of our own. Right. This yeah. is something that they developed on their own. Yeah, yeah, completely and, uh, separately. And I just, I think that that's an interesting thing to sort of value um, what's already there. Because one of the myths about, you know, the way uh, technology works and the way that cultures advance is, A, like you said, that, you know, they all moved together. We all were inevitably going to invent the same things, you yeah. know, the same, like, oh, we're clearly advanced and they would have, they would be in the dark ages over there mm-hmm. if it weren't for what we did. And it's just... Not the way we, uh, like, technology doesn't have to advance the exact same way. It would be different depending on the culture and group that created it based on their needs. And And also that a lot of, um, there's a lot that's wrapped up in that idea of the third world and that uh, architecture and the homes that people live in in Africa are so rudimentary because they don't, you know, know how to do anything better or, you know, again, it's a technology issue when really it's about like what is best for the climate and the materials that you have around. So, you know, if you're going to have a civilization that is in Africa, then yeah, they're going to have architecture that is built for the environment in which they live. And so it makes perfect sense for it to, you know, look like that. So I thought that was really cool that they, uh, that they did that design that way the clothing, the traditions, all of it, allowing that to be something that um, doesn't negate 
progress, you know, because a lot of times there's an idea that, you know, Africans and their traditions are backwards, you know, and it's a, but that's not the case. And if you go to Africa, you find the, you know, the cities there are like cities here and they, they have skyscrapers and, you know, uh, light rail and technology and all that kind of stuff that looks just like here. So there's something to that, you know, the mm-hmm. Wakanda masking itself as like the idea of what we think of as Africa, you yeah. know, and then on the inside being something that is far more advanced than we could possibly imagine. That really feels like the way that we approach Africa from an outside oh, perspective. Yeah. yeah, I have lots of Facebook friends that post pictures and, Af- you know, according <laughs> to those, those, those uh, charitable journeys or things they, right. they do, yeah, Africa is only a place that we can we help right if if we're benevolent enough to feel that that they deserve our help right they're only seen of as a charitable country a continent but continent yeah. yeah oh yeah charitable countries but yeah, yeah a continent <laughs> yeah um, exactly not you know no one looks to africa as leading anywhere or mm-hmm. helping You know, and so, but, and they have, countries have contributed when we've gone through hardships here, mm-hmm. countries have contributed what little they, I mean, and comparatively little they have to America or yeah. offered, like uh, when we uh, had Katrina or when we had mm-hmm. 9-11 mm-hmm. and, you know, we're, we're not the, we're not the, um, <laughs> we're not the only saviors out there the benevolently saviors. going yeah. and yeah, rescuing other countries from themselves. Yeah, but, that's so it's really nice to see point. Africa shown that way as mm-hmm. being a you know having a uh, um, yeah having a <laughs> having an advanced civilization yeah an advanced civilization yeah yeah being you know responsible to themselves uh, yeah. and then figuring out how to be responsible to the world as well but uh, you know the idea that yeah they don't need someone just coming in and saving them yeah, it's a yeah. I yeah. think that's a really cool sort of message uh, that comes out of here, or, or image, I should say, that people can kind of look at. And I, and I worry that, you know, a lot of the people who are watching it are just going to take that as fiction. Imagine mm-hmm. if oh, Africa yes. had advanced, you what know, What an alternative way. reality. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being like, actually, uh, yeah, Africa uh, is in 2018 with the rest of us. Uh, it's a continent for, full of diverse countries, much like the United States is for, filled with uh, diverse states that all have different economies and different uh, sort of ways in which we approach technology. Yeah. Uh, we have states that are extremely poor and states that are rich and all these kinds of things. And that's the way that kind of works. So I think seeing there's a good way to look at this as like Africa is not a monolith. America's not a monolith that may go over people's heads. They may not necessarily see that, but just think of it as pure fantasy. I, I enjoyed the uh, how they, yeah, because they're able to show us a country that is highly advanced yet secretive, has mm-hmm. hidden itself for centuries. Um, they're able to to address the issue of refugees mm-hmm. in a new sort in a new light, basically taking you from a different perspective and making you consider. Yeah, why are they? They're 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 they've uh, hidden themselves away, and they're not sharing their technology with anyone. That's so selfish. <laughs> it's so selfish of those Wakandans. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they need to they need to update update their you know their way of thinking for a modern right. era. You know? Yeah, 
not to be uh, Wakanda first, uh, <laughs> America yeah. first. Yeah, and that's is. exactly what they what they uh, you know the is- some issues that they that they look at. So yeah, I that was that was it's I think it's important. I know that's what they're doing. I'm not you know I know that's exactly the point they're trying to make with this film. One of the points they're trying yeah. to make. Yeah, of many. Yeah, and well, and we'll hear in a in a few from um, my friend Chelsea, who is a Black Panther. Uh, expert and mm-hmm. enthusiast uh, who um, has really been thinking about, you know, kind of those conversations that are happening in Black Panther. Because one of those is that, you know, do we stay in insular society or do we help, you know, people outside of, of this? Do we share this technology? Do we, um, you know, what is our role in the world yeah. uh, instead of hiding ourselves away here? Um, but there's a lot of conversations that are happening in this movie that are uh, reflecting conversations that black people in America have been having for ages. And Chelsea's going to sort of talk about that, about uh, sort of diasporic African communities and how uh, different thoughts on how black people should live mm-hmm. uh, in America yeah. are really reflected in this, these conversations um you know, these arguments that go back to, like, when we talk about, it's a false dichotomy, but, you know, Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, okay. you know, when we think about, like, Du Bois and every other intellectual that he came in contact with and being uh, oppositional there, um, these ideas of the conversations that black people have, like respectability politics and the talented tenth or uh, the different ways that we think that we're going to come up in the world, do we stay separate from white people uh, mm-hmm. altogether? Do we try to integrate by being the best of the best? Should, you know, how do we, um, you know, become a part of the American society? There's a lot in here in the ways that uh, these characters interact with each other that shows that struggle to figure yeah. out, like, what do we do um, with our communities and showing mm-hmm. all the different tribes that are in Wakanda and the ways yeah. that they uh, don't agree with each other um, and the struggle between, um, what's Michael B. Jordan's character's name? Killmonger. Killmonger uh, and uh, Black Panther and, um, or should I say, God, what's his name? My brain T'Challa. is... T'Challa. T'Challa. Guys, I'm sick. It's she hard is. to think right now. She is. Uh, <laughs> you can hear all my sniffling Sniffles. and sneezing. We apologize. Uh, but the conversations between them and why they're so at odds with each other, all yeah. of this is more reflective of the conversations in America between black groups. And in that way, um, that's the part of the movie that I think will go over white people's heads um, and mm-hmm. also isn't necessarily for them. You know, that's yeah. it's talking to the black audience. Yeah, but I think it's 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 good to. I mean, people will recognize that um, uh, two people can be fighting for a cause and approaching in two different ways. Mm-hmm, and their mm-hmm. their relationship has been um, has been likened to the relationship of Professor Professor X and Magneto. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, from the X Men series, and so I and I think people understand that that yeah, that though they can be on different sides and fight each other, they you know they have uh, in their case, yes, that it's the they they value mutant life, yeah. you know, mutant, but in different ways, you know, right. to to the you know, um, and so I think that's that's similar to what T'Challa and Killmonger are are their their conflict is not for I mean they they want what's best for Wakanda, right? Um, but yes, Killmonger wants he he wants to look globally and what what would be the most powerful way of of um, you know. Putting 
you know, you know, basically saying Black Lives Matter, what would be the, to him, the most effective way of, of achieving that goal mm-hmm. versus T'Challa and, and how he, you know, he, he would like to, uh, you know, you know, not at the expense of destroying everyone else on earth, right. he would like, but he would like to, yeah. to, uh, save his people. And that's what is so interesting is that I think Killmonger is a great character. Yeah. Um, because you see, you see where his anger comes from, you know, and you see why people feel the way that he does, you know, like that there's no part of you that's sitting there like, Oh, that's just like an evil guy who has villainous intentions because he's evil. It's like, no, you see the oppression that he grew up with, what he saw happen with his father, you know, the things that he blames outwardly, um, why he would carry this kind of weight with him and why that would cause him to uh, react the way that he does. And we're talking, you know, vaguely to avoid spoilers, but... Um, Love the but character. You, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's very well developed very in that way. And this is obviously reflective of, like, ta Coates. And just, mm-hmm. you know, he is someone who has sat with the complications of the black experience. If you haven't read his book, um, Between the World and Me, highly recommend it. It's uh, really an important book on what it means to be black, and especially a black man uh, in America. Mm-hmm. But you've probably read a lot of his stuff his work in the atlantic he is constantly coming out with a really interesting thought-provoking ideas he's one of our leading black intellectuals and interestingly that has caused a sort of faux uh beef with mm-hmm. cornell west yeah cornell west has a lot of beef with a lot of people um this is a brilliant intellectual as well uh and in a sense this goes to a longer tradition of black intellectuals arguing with each other the degree to which he's uh in the right on this eh, but he's kind of wrapped up in those conversations as well you know so this is a guy Tanahasi Coates is familiar with being in the middle of those discussions mm-hmm. in culture about you know uh what it means to be black and what our role is and how do we uh how do we be uplifted how do we show black lives matter and make that actually a reality in this country yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's trying to tackle that and yeah. figure that out if that's possible. But you know? isn't West also trying to do that? Exactly. So, yeah. like, I mean, if they're portrayed in the film, uh, uh, Coates versus West, they would basically be T'Challa versus T'Challa. Right, know, yeah. <laughs> Neither one would be, you know, they're not opposing. Yeah. You know, or maybe T'Challa versus T'Chaka, if anything oh, else. Yes. You know, like and there's... West playing yeah, T'Chaka. T'Chaka, yeah, older, exactly. The father of T'Challa. Yeah. (laughs) Some outdated uh, viewpoints, perhaps. Right. You know, uh, and it depends on your perspective on it, but that's kind of, you know, it it just, to me, it's interesting how that real life uh, argument, which is largely one-sided, but how that kind of mirrors what's happening in Black Panther and the ways in which, you know, again, these conversations are in the black community. There's things that white people cannot solve. White people deal with your racism, deal with the institutions, mm-hmm. you know, like, fix all of that stuff. Okay, and then let's talk about the conversations black people uh, need to have, you yeah. know, <laughs> and how we're all coming at this from different perspectives because of different life experiences, and, you know, everyone is not the same. There is not one blackness mm-hmm. yeah. and not one approach uh, to figuring out these problems, in America, and I think that's really uh, an important element of this movie. 
Okay, this is Chelsea St. Jr.'s. The comics are pretty meaningful to me, mainly because, I mean, it's just so important. Like, any little bit of representation black people can get helps. Like, Blade, Storm from the X-Men, you got Missy Knight, you got Luke Cage, um, Vixen in the DC Universe. Um, like, just any black character we can get, we will take. And seeing... Black characters like T'Challa, who was actually the first black African superhero um, for Marvel. Like, I mean, you have Blade, but he was black British and um, stuff like that. But to see an African superhero and then more importantly, an African superhero, yeah, from a fictitious nation, but from a fictitious nation that was never colonized by white people. Um, or ruined by European um, imperialism and politicking is really just it's really it's really awesome and I know like having watched some of the um, actors from the film talk about that like especially John Connie who is from South Africa and how he talks about how this is how Africa would be if white people well Europeans never colonized it it's just it's just it's just really fascinating to think about like you think about how all of this plays in so that's just a really interesting concept also it's really important to me mainly because you get to see a whole bunch of really strong women like in particular the Dora Milaje who I have loved and adored haha because they're the adored ones but I have really just I've really adored them over the con uh, like over the years and stuff like that. I've wanted to cosplay them, so hopefully I'll get a chance to do that sometime soon. But like, I mean, they were really problematic in their first like in their first appearance in the comics because they were like teenage girls and stuff like that, and they were like ceremonial wives from all the tribes um, in Wakanda and whatnot, and each tribe would send one to become. T'Challa's like honorary guard and stuff like that but the Midnight Angels in the comics are super cool they're like an elite black ops squad of Dora Milaje which are awesome and to see them in the movie is so amazing and just they're beautiful they're gorgeous they are very prolific in battle they know what the f they're they know what they're doing I almost cursed right there I'm sorry <laughs> But they're so great. They work as a well-oiled machine, a unit. It's so great to watch. Um, Shuri uh, is amazing in the comics. And they've aged her down a little bit since the comics have uh, aged her up since her first appearance. So she's 16 right now in um, the film. But she's absolutely amazing. She's a brainiac. She's smart. She's uh, very quick-witted and she's very lively and joyous and she I don't know like Shuri's honestly my favorite character to come out of the movie um so but like I really do hope that in the future Black Panther movie like Black Panther 2 that we get to 
expand more because there's a comic uh, by Roxanne Gay called World of Wakanda and in it there's um, a decent bit of black LGBT uh, QIA um, representation with Anika and Io together as lovers and captains of the Dora Milaje. Now, um, Okoye is general in the movie, so they wouldn't be co-captains per se, but it would really be good to get some um, queer representation there between those two lovely ladies, and I'm all for it, and I really hope they can expand on that in the second movie. This movie was tremendous. There's a lot of dialogue that can go on between the African diaspora, not just um, Black Americans and Black Africans, Native Africans, but also um, anybody from the diaspora that's a product of slavery. And there's, it's just, it's just a really interesting dialogue to have. There's a lot to be had. There's also the, the costuming, the picking and borrowing from all different um, cultures because Africa has thousands of cultures, thousands of languages, and it's just so beautiful to see this representation of Pan-Africanism across this one na- this one fictional East African nation and to see this, like, it's just like an embarrassment of riches in this film. And everything's beautiful, everything's glorious. There's blackness abound and it's beautiful like and to see like dark-skinned women and men be able to take the lead on something is just in in such high quantities it's just it's just amazing like I love it absolutely um like my theater going experience was just absolutely fantastic like I got to see people dressed up um in cosplay i got to see people dressed up in ankara in kente in daishikis like all over the place i think i even did see a basoto so a basoto cloth and i got to see people in like gele and it was just it was amazing to see all these different um black people just come and be beautiful and be present for this movie like i honestly i'm joking but i'm not joking i had never seen that many black people in the theater lobby in my entire life for any movie and we showed up and we showed out and it was glorious to see it from like all corners and that they and that they showed up for this movie like all across the world black people were present for this movie and here for it and I just love it and I love the celebration of blackness for this film it, it kind of chokes me up honestly because the the movie is beautiful like I loved it I loved us and our celebration of it and yeah I'm proud of it I'm proud that they got to make this kind of movie for Marvel because it just didn't seem like something that was ever going to come for a long time and when they finally announced it it was great and just to be able to be a part of this experience in any little way I can was fantastic. Should Auntie Miss eight of those days. Tears from it had to pray those days, had to slave those days. Should we have to hit up a couple hood giveaways those days? Thank God for every inch that he gave us. Thank God for everything because he made us. Like when that car bit the block, 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 hit the homie, but we made it to ER and he saved us. Thinking that he could have died, nigga, we was praying to the sky. Yeah, I'm, I, I liked it. There's a lot of humor in the film. Mm, yes. The supporting <laughs> characters are, are, the actors, supporting actors are great. Mm. Um, yeah, his sister is like my favorite character in yeah, the entire MCU. I think she is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
every single line she says just like cracks me up the entire time i will say i thought it was hilarious that uh you know she has this moment in this where she quotes like a viral meme she looks at his shoes and says what are those i did not and even everyone know yeah everyone's laughing and everything and i discovered that i was the only one in our group that actually knew what it was referencing the meme. it got yeah. great laughs it though. got a, it yeah got a real good laugh it was like to the point where like i have no idea what the dialogue following that was yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the theater erupted and that happened a couple times with her lines in yeah. this that the theater was laughing so loudly uh that they that <laughs> missed several lines but that's okay because yeah. i'll see it a hundred more times i like having that dynamic of the yeah. younger sister yeah who uh the younger sister being the the basically the science yes yeah, um, the total brainiac she's yeah. like tej from fast and the furious yeah uh, to her brother but yet also the the comedic you know the foil to to what he's trying to do a yeah. lot and just uh, taking him down a bit yeah exactly she, she provides a lot of the comedy and i like her character yeah. a lot well and it's fun too because i think you know in civil war he is so serious yeah. the entire time you know he's kind of yeah. bent on revenge and all this and you know, amongst the first moments that we get to see him in Civil War, not Civil War, in Black Panther is him being, like, just, like, stricken by, like, the beauty of a girl, you know, that he's in yeah. love with. Yeah, and yeah. Well, it's Lupita Nyong'o. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, obviously. Come on. Yeah, but just his reaction to her, you know, and just getting to kind of be, like, a little dopey and, like, a middle school boy upon uh, seeing her, you know, out the you gotta gate. Show, you, you gotta to. show his vulnerability. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he gets to be lighthearted and, yeah. you know, uh, have those moments throughout yeah. this movie. That when I'm you're really traveling fun. around the world, you know, you're going to other countries, yes, you're a you're a prince, but you come back home, you're somebody's older brother, yeah. and they, they like to chide you about everything, and you're somebody's son, and, yeah. you know, you have all those, you know, guys you grew up with, so it's like coming back home. Right. You're not a prince, well... Yeah. You're not really a prince of your family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're who you are. Yeah. So it was, you know, it's just, it's so fun to watch. I think it just really hits all the right notes. I liked it. Yeah. In this, in this movie. I think people are going to like it. Yeah. Um, they already are. It's 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and everybody coming out of it seems to, seems to love it. So, you know, definitely go see it. Um, and... Yeah, it's just, it's an interesting movie on so yeah. many different levels. And there's a non-black character who gets to help. It's true. Who gets to help out. Yeah. Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman gets to help out a little bit. Yeah, they let him, they, they give him some lines, they let him do some yeah. things. He's useful. The Tolkien white guy. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Tolkien white guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. there's another white guy who doesn't help out as much, but... Uh, yeah. Also. I didn't even recognize him. Yeah. Andy, Andy Serkis. Serkis is like... Yeah does not look like Andy Serkis. He's, it's it's so fun. It's like the Wolverine. That's yeah, oh, straight like. up. Absolutely. It's, it's just like stocky and broad and like muscly and... Beardy. Beardy. <laughs> There's like gold Crazy. teeth in there. And I know it's fun because, you know, you, you realize obviously Andy Serkis is a great actor. He's been making us believe in animals and King beasts Kong. and so forth forever. Yeah. Mm. Um, but... He's, you don't get to see him and his face a ton in things, especially where he gets to be kind of a main character like this, and you get to really see him, like, out there being bonkers. Uh, and so he's, he's a fun, like, villain to watch. Yes. Yeah, he's, I, yeah, yeah, he's been, he's been a lot of, he's great. Yeah. And I want to see him, I want to see him in front of the camera now more often, not, not just, you know, 
being underneath a, a bodysuit. Yeah, <laughs> this has to. Be, I mean, this has to be one of the most well cast movies in the MCU as well. I mean, just everybody is on point. It's even got Forrest Whitaker in it. You know? Even got Forrest Whitaker. They did a really good job of finding people to play younger versions of everybody that yeah. actually looked like them. Yeah, they did. <laughs> including the like droopy eyed guy who looks oh. like Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, like uh, I, I, I always want to see casting calls for things like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking for does it say looking for actor who looks like young Forrest Whitaker or black actor with droopy eyelids? How does that? Yeah, how do you cast that? Looking for young Forrest Whitaker types. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know, you know what that you means. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, the, this movie is so perfectly cast. It's gives a lot to think about and just in terms of representation i think it's it's an important important movie uh i saw stuff earlier today that was saying how well it's doing abroad too and that's always the argument right is they're like oh we can't have like diverse movies like studios can't make those because they won't sell in other markets and now we're seeing like um yes they do like stop assuming that uh other countries are just going to be as racist as we are uh you know if you give them a good story uh they're going to go and watch that or they're gonna have fomo or they're gonna have fomo they're gonna want yeah what they get this is that a good movie yeah they want to watch it too so, you know, it's it's really, it's just, it's important. Between this and Wonder Woman, yeah. you know, these are, this basically just flies in the face of, you know, all of this conventional Hollywood, Hollywood wisdom about what sells and what doesn't and what yeah. people do and don't want to see. Uh, the, they, they develop, and the development of the supporting cast was so good that I, I want to know more about them. Yes. I want to know more about uh, uh, Denai Guerrero's character. Um, um, I want to know more about Lupita Nyong'o's character. Mm-hmm. You know, Michonne's character. That's what I'm Michonne. Asking yeah, Michonne. Which one? Which one is that? She's uh, the guard. She's one oh, of the okay. I don't watch Walking Dead, so I didn't even recognize that was who that was. You didn't know that was Michonne? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Evidently, I the- mean the Dora Milaje in general. That's my yeah. new. I've been doing this. I am an Amazon thing every time I work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to keep myself pushing through but the other day when i was like struggling through my workout i was sitting there being like oh man what would the dora milaje do mm-hmm. i can uh, i can do this like they wouldn't give up that's for sure and now yeah that's gonna be my between the two the amazons and the dora yeah. milaje i'm gonna i'm gonna be ripped is what yeah. i'm telling you yeah those are very some strong women strong, strong role women. models yeah for all, all of us Exactly, but, but their backstories are fantastic, and yeah. I find myself wanting to. I mean, in any Black Panther movie that comes out after this, I want to also know what their characters are doing. Yeah, I want to know uh, what Lupita Nyong'o's uh, character as a war dog is. She going undercover? What's she doing? What, yeah, what's she doing now? You know, uh, um, I want to know. Yeah, I want to know uh, all the different tribes that that are in Wakanda and what. You know, yeah. And, oh, and definitely. What, what their how their lives are continuing yeah. on. I would love. And to that was that. a standout too. Uh, was it Mbako? Was that his name? Uh, the uh, the fella from the other like tribe in Wakanda. Tribes, yeah. Man, that guy was phenomenal. He's apparently from Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. Uh, and is uh, yeah, he was surprising. Uh, yeah. <laughs> such a great character who also you know plays real serious for most of it, and then gets some like real good humor in it as well uh just oh man it's so perfectly cast 
I enjoyed it. It was, it was yeah. a lot of fun. I hope they hope they're able to build on it. Yeah, know, I want to see more of this that. world. Yeah, I'm ready for Black Panther too. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of Marvel movies that have to come in between before we get any more of this. But you're right. I want to know more about this world and about all these characters. And even though he'll be a supporting character in Infinity Wars, that yeah. I mean, we do have that to look forward yeah. to. We'll, we shall see Black Panther in Infinity Wars. It's true. Yes. All right. So with that. Go see it, everybody. Yeah. And thanks for listening to us. Go see it twice. Go see it twice. Three times, four you times. Your get your movie, movie pass. pass. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Once a day. Yeah. You could, you could go see this one. every day. I might. There's a there's a chance I might Show do your that. support, and then maybe they'll make another one. Yeah, exactly. And more things like this. That's yeah. how it works. If we go and see Black Panther, we go and see yeah. Wonder Woman and things like that, then we get more movies like Not just this. the college students. Get your grandmas out there. <laughs> Bring your nieces and nephews out there. It's a good film. They don't do the swears. They keep <laughs> it's it true. clean they don't for do the swears. an all audiences sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So this has been Corey and Keo yep. on the Overthink, kicking it, giving you some overthoughts about Black Panther. And thank you to Chelsea for stopping in and talking to us. Thanks, Chelsea. All right, we'll catch you later. <laughs> Poverty, jealousy, negativity.